This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I'm so glad you are here. I love hanging out with people who are motivated to be more and do more. It's exciting to be surrounded by positive people who want to grow and live to their full potential. I know that's you or you wouldn't have landed here. My goal in bringing you this podcast is to help you take control of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. Thank you for spending some time with me today. This episode is brought to you by Hope Hair Recovery and Scalp Clinic, Saskatchewan's premier destination for all your hair loss and scalp needs. Are you tired of not feeling like yourself? Have you been self-conscious about the dandruff on your shoulders or can you see that your hair is thinning out? Hope Hair Recovery's team of dedicated experts will provide you with the most effective, safe and innovative products for your individual hair loss and scalp needs, many of which are exclusive to Hope Hair Recovery. Our hair is the crown that we never take off and at Hope Hair Recovery, they will provide you with the safe, specialized and effective products you need in order to get you looking and feeling like yourself again. Don't give up. There is hope for your hair loss and scalp needs. Connect with them at HopeHairRecovery.com or follow them on Facebook and Instagram at HopeHairRecovery or of course, feel free to give them a call at 306-373-HOPE. That's 306-373-4673. This is episode 027, Building Your Personal Brand, What, How, and Why with Nakia Hill. Did you know you have a brand even if you don't have a business? If you didn't know that, don't worry, because it wasn't that long ago, I didn't know it either. This topic is really relevant right now because our world is evolving quickly where connecting with others will happen, especially right now in a virtual space. Defining your personal brand will help you connect with like-minded people, build relationships, and show up as authentically you. Our guest today will give you the step-by-step guide and all the juicy details of how to build your brand, tell your story, and become confident in what you share. As the world-famous Gary Vee said, it's important to build your personal brand because it's the only thing you're going to have. Your reputation online and in the business world is pretty much the game. So you've got to be a good person, you can't hide anything, and more importantly, you've got to be out there at some level. I'm really happy that you're here today, and I want to invite you to share this episode with your friends when you're finished listening. This topic is so important right now as we try to learn how to build connections with others in a digital world. Please join me in helping others become confident in telling their story and building relationships in this new and unfamiliar space. 
Nakia B. Hilt is the Director of Marketing at the brand-centric creative agency Rock and Bloom. As a brand storyteller and marketer, she specializes in writing, communication, leadership, and content creation, always with a focus on creativity. Nakia creates full-scale marketing strategies and campaigns for businesses. From creative brief through measurable results, her role requires constant innovation and boldness and business acumen. Nakia has spoken at events locally and internationally and loves each opportunity. She's married to her best friend, fellow creative, and partner in crime, Edward, and together they have a son and the sweetest mini golden doodle. Her family helps her stay true to her core values of creativity, connection, and curiosity. Finding the story in a brand, a movement, a life is her passion. Welcome to the show, Nikia. I am so excited that you're here, and I always have excitement about podcast episodes and every guest that I interview, but for some reason, I am like really excited about picking your brain today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me, Corliss. I've been excited after listening to some of your episodes, and I think we have a lot of the same interests and same audience. I'm also passionate about women and entrepreneurs and just people wanting to do better and, and do more. Yes, exactly. And you know, true transparency for the audience here. I went on to a training seminar where Nakia was the, the presenter through Women's Entrepreneurs for Saskatchewan. And I was so impressed with her that immediately I got off the training and messaged her and said, please, will you be a guest on the podcast? I got so much value in that short amount of time that I spent with you that I just was so inspired to have you here as a guest so that the audience could learn from you as well. So again, thanks for being here. Now, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell us just a little bit about you and who you are exactly and what you do? Sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm really honored to be, be on this podcast and it means a lot to me that you got something out of that session. So my name is Nakia Vigil. I'm the Director of Marketing at Rock and Bloom. I've been in marketing for more than a decade and it was sort of a non-linear career path that took me there. I started out as a teacher and I ended up editing magazines and writing advertorials and then working at a tech company and now I've been at a a brand agency for the past three or four years, and it's an amazing place. We, we think that there's between your business and your customers is this layer and it's your brand. And that's where we come in. We're a brand agency and we, all we do is create killer brands. Um, creating a brand is all about listening to our clients and their audience. And then we identify um, opportunities or problems in a business and then create a roadmap to deliver the right solution. So that might take mean anything from company and product naming, brand identity, customer service, websites, multi-platform marketing campaigns or anything like that. But I love that I get to do a little bit of everything from producing videos to art direction to writing for websites and all of that. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, and I guess personally, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm also a person outside of work. Um, I'm married to my partner of many years, Ed, and he's in video and does video and animations. And he is um, my rock. He's my partner in crime. And we now have a year and a half year old, one and a half year old named Hart. And he's amazing. So he's changed my life a lot. And I never thought I'd be one of those mom moms, but in some ways I am now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. There's a lot of layers to us, isn't there? It's like, oh yeah. And I'm a person too. Right. 
there's a lot more to our identity than I guess our career, but that is what's exciting to me and what we're talking about today. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I love the name of your son, Heart. What a cool name. Kind of speaks right to my heart. I'm all about that. So cool. All right, let's talk about the personal brand because I think a lot of the audience that are listening today might even get be wondering what is a brand like what what even is a personal brand and do I have one does every person have one do you want to speak to that first that's a really good question absolutely so a personal brand everyone has one whether you curate it purposefully or not and that's why my advice is to think about it purposefully and and do put out content that you think drives at who you are and your values but a brand really is just who you are It's what you stand for, the values you embrace, and the way that you express those values. Really, in short, it's your story. So like a a company's brand helps to communicate its values to customers and helps them stand out from the competition. And a personal brand does the same for, for individuals. So helping to communicate a unique identity and clear value. In a lot of cases, it means to potential employers, you know, if someone is looking for a job, immediately you're going to be Google searched and they're going to look at your Facebook and your Instagram. Um, They want to know who you are. Do you have a website? And depends on what your values are and who you're looking to connect with, how you want to portray yourself. Okay, neat. I'm going to get you to peel that back even more. So can you give me an example? Okay, so who are we? And I think a lot of times, you know, in the normal person, the ordinary person's life that doesn't really consider themselves a personal brand, they might be like, who am I? What are my values? I don't even know for sure that people really think about those questions often. So could you use me as an example of somebody who isn't sure of my personal brand? How would you help me get there to who I am, what, what I value and what I share? Absolutely. I'd say ask yourself a lot of questions and use people in your life. Ask them questions because they might know you or see different parts of you than you see about yourself. So you might ask your um, close friends or your sister or your brother or some of your siblings or cousins some questions about yourself, but also dig deep and ask yourself, like, um, in what areas of work do I excel? What motivates me that one's a big one like what is your purpose is your purpose to get up and go to work every day or do you have something deeper are you looking to make the lives of the people in your circle better are you wanting to change something and leave a mark on the world what is it that motivates you what uh what characteristics have other people complimented you on so in your case maybe a lot of people say hey you're a great speaker you inspired me so note those things and things that you keep hearing and have recurring that's something to note um what projects have other helped me with what roles and then look at think of some of the negative too what drains me what do i hate doing what projects um and then what makes you forget to eat lunch what do you love to do where do you love to spend your energy there's sort of that uh, like time honored question that everyone knows, like if you could do anything in the world and not worry about money, what would it be? Is it read, write and travel? Then let's see what you can, how do you articulate that and make sure that that comes across? Um, you might want to look at who you envy. So that can speak volumes to what you really want. It's easier to see it in other people. Like if I envy someone who travels and speaks at conferences and writes and has a best-selling book, something in that is speaking to me. So what do I want from their life that I don't have in my own? 
use envy as a tool rather than a, as a negativity thing. Think of it as what do I want that's, that maybe I already have or I can enhance my life to empower, include some of that. Okay. And how does that relate to brand? I don't know if I'm getting a little bit lost in it, but how does that relate to brand? Because a personal brand is values and who you are. So, but you're talking about the things that they might be doing. So can you just help me put that together? Absolutely. So you should, if you're thinking about your personal brand, your personal brand is your story and included in that is what motivates you. So what you want to do and what your purpose is, is probably what motivates you. Your why for being, your why for getting up every day is in a lot of ways, your personal brand. So when we do this for a company, we'll do their what, how, why. So what do they do? How do they do it? And why do they do it? And a lot of companies, almost every company can say their what. Almost all of them can say their how, but very few of them can say their why. And it's the same as with a person. If you can say why you are here, then that's going to resonate with people. And that value, your values are going to be implicit in that. So like, um, I use this example sometimes to illustrate it. And this is a company. What WestJet does is they have global air travel from Canadian destinations. How they do it is by providing safe, friendly, and affordable air travel. But why they do it is to enrich the lives of everyone in WestJet's world. So if I was going to say that as a personal brand, I might say, what do I do? Well, I'm in marketing. I write, um, this is my, my what. How do I do it? I think it's different because I put in creativity and I'm connecting with people. And then why do I do it? Why do I do it at all? And that's where it takes so much thought. And it's something that is probably really central to your being, but you might not be able to articulate yet. Does that make a little bit more sense? It does. Yes, it does. You pulled that together nicely. Now, I know I didn't prepare you for this, but I'm going to ask you to use me and my company because we just had a conversation before we started about an example of what, how, why, and many people that listen to this, like this particular podcast, will have been part of my journey and they'll kind of know it. And I think that they'll be able to relate if you use, you know, my company as an example. So, you know, just from the short synopsis of the time that we've spent together, what would you say the story of me is? Awesome. Okay. That's a great question. That's a way to put it into perspective. So for all, I'll put this back on you and I'm going to ask you your what and how, and then I'm going to make an attempt at your why. So what do you do, Corlett? I empower women to lead their lives. Awesome. And how do you do that? Through my book, my podcast, through coaching, through conferences, and through creating a community that pulls people together. So and we, we talked a little bit about this before, and it feels to me like your purpose, your why, is to help women be better and do better. Would, that, would, would you say that resonates in why you get up and why you make your courses and why you write a book? Every day, literally every day. That's like the days that I'm most motivated are the days that I'm like, okay, who am I showing up for today? How am I going to help? Who am I going to serve? And what am I, what's exciting that I'm working on? Awesome. Yeah. That's a really, it makes way more sense to put it into a personal perspective. So you do things to inspire women to do better, to be better. Beautiful. Thank you. What a great example. 
you've really given us a lot of value already. I almost feel like we could just end it right there. People already have so much to think about, but of course we've got more to talk about. So the personal brand shows up, you know, in your entrepreneur brand or in your business brand as well, right? So tell us the differences between the two, like a personal brand, you know, as a, as a human being, but also how that shows up if you're in a business or are they two separate things? I'd classify them as separate, but something that you want to tie together, that you want to have a correlation because you shouldn't, or, or you probably shouldn't be working at a place that you, or running a business that you think isn't part of who you are, isn't, doesn't resonate with, with your core values. So your values will probably be the same in your personal brand and in your business brand, but you do want to separate them a bit because your brand story, like your company story is probably different than your own, though they are closely tied together. It will be different what people would want to know. I like to think of it as what value am I giving the audience? And so in that way, you need to know who this is for. So if you're posting on Corliss Co versus your personal Facebook page, there's probably a different audience. Although for you, there's, there might be quite a bit of overlap in that um, your friend group might have grown to include a lot of your clients. But think of who it's for. You need to know your audience and then you'll know how separate they need to be. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess your story is your story. And I think as a, as a brand, who, wherever you are, your story goes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if the best thing that you can have happen for your personal brand is if you would say the story the same way that someone else says your story. So if someone asked me, oh, I saw you, you did a podcast with, with Corliss the other day, tell me about her. And if I told your story in a similar way, hitting the same points that you told it, then you know you've told it effectively, that I can remember it and then articulate it again. Mm. Wow, that's good. I like that. Okay, so they're two separate things, and it's really about your story connected to what's important to you, why you do it, what you do, and how you do it. Awesome. Now, let's kind of go back to the personal brand part of things. Why, why is having a personal brand important? Why does it even matter? Now, and in an age of COVID, even more than ever, but people, our reputation follows us, and it's online more than ever before. So if you're looking um, to do a career shift or to network with people, like say you're a graphic designer and you want to connect with other graphic designers, they want to be able to find your story before they can find you as is a physical person. So having a personal brand is just going to help you. It's another piece of your puzzle. Ideally, you'll be the same person in person as you are online. Like um, if you know anyone who does online dating right now, it's the worst thing if you have, I have friends who are doing it and they, they go through and they say, oh, this guy sounds amazing or this woman sounds amazing. And then they go meet them and they don't look like their picture. Um, they sound different. The way that their voice is even different in the way that you read it, the way that they come on online or come on in person. And that's the, the dissonance there means that you're going to have a harder time creating those connections. So you want to be the same person and have your brand transfer between who you are in real life to who you are on in the digital world. 
Okay, like I feel like you've just touched something so big because I think a lot of people who have challenges with social media, it's because it seems fake. They're just like, oh, it's so fake. And it's because they're not aligning like who they really are and they're filtering things to the point that it's not even real anymore. And, and people don't want that, right? A hundred percent. You're exactly right. Just be genuine, be authentic. Like your brand needs to reflect who you actually are. You don't want to think of, who I want to be. I mean, you want some aspects of visionary who you want to become and live up to that, but you want your brand to reflect who you really are. You don't want to dissonance from your online persona to some, when someone meets you in person. And that's the same for a company. We would never want, um, like when brands get in trouble, it's usually that people feel that they're not being authentic. So if a company says we support the environment and we really care about our workers, but they use slave labor, then it comes off as inauthentic and then it's like they've broken a promise to us already because what they are saying doesn't match what they are doing and so the, that's the same with us we want to have what we're saying online and offline be what we are actually doing and how we live Hmm. okay so big because i think that comes down to the trust factor as well that if you know, if you can't really trust that what they're saying is really real, like it, it just puts on all of this, you know, this barrier between that, is this even real? I know there's, I mean, a very famous couple that I followed for a long time that talked about the strength of their relationship and they're giving a relationship advice. And then suddenly they're like breaking up. Like it was, it was like, what the heck? And now it's it's interesting because now for me to be able to go back and follow, I ha I notice that I have a real caution that is anything that's happening real here, right? So I think that's really in relation to how personal brand is important. It's like who you are on the outside and in the digital world is the same person that you really are. This is the truth. This is the raw, real goodness. This is how it is, right? That's such a good point. And it's becomes more obvious when you're building trust, when it gets broken in that you saw the, that couple who, who talked about building relationship and how good their relationship was. And then when it felt like a farce, you felt like you had been lied to and they were selling something that wasn't true. When a company or a person breaks our trust, it's, it's hard to rebuild. And the thing is, you don't have to be trustworthy or reliable in every to everyone at all times you want to do you want to build an audience and be relatable to your audience like who would you ask for um you don't need to build your credibility in every single department like who would you ask advice for on video games it might not be your grandpa or your parents it might be your nephew but who would you ask for business advice that's someone else and who would you ask for marriage advice that's maybe someone else so really carve out your niche and don't be afraid that you're going to exclude someone. Think about who you're including rather than excluding. Because mm. a lot of people say, um, especially when they're looking to do a brand, branding for a business, they say, um, we want to be exclusive. And that means you have to choose who you're going to exclude. And that's very good practice. Like when we do this at Rock and Bloom, I think of it as a funnel from the top. There's a market your target market, which might be Saskatoon and area, um, people who make X income or more. And then there's an audience, which is more specific yet. And then there's a segment, which is more specific yet. So um, an audience might be athletes and a segment of that might be runners. And then even more specific are customer personas. 
And we build that for businesses. And I think it's not a bad idea for people to have it in mind for their personal brand too. So a customer persona is just a really detailed breakdown of who someone is so that you know your, your messaging will relate with them. And if you're thinking about that, who you're posting to on your personal brand, think of actual people. Like, would this resonate with my network of writers? Is this something that Darla wants to hear? And you can actually put names in there. Now, I, f- I forget where you started. I think I got off topic. <laughs> You have so much to share. I love it. Actually, I want to share a story to kind of pull this together because we were talking about real and relatable and how important that is in a personal brand and also in building a business brand as well because people want to know that it's real and authentic. And I had a branding shoot because I'm, I'm launching a, you know another part of my business and we needed to do a revamp and a refresh of my website. So I went for some photos. So we go and I get, go and get these photos done. And the photographer had sent them back to me. And I was like, whoa, uh, I don't even know what to say. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, like, I don't look like that. I don't, I don't look like that. I have way more wrinkles. <laughs> and I said, can you give me the unedited? Like, I want the ones that are real. And she's like, no, no, I, like, I barely touched these up. And I'm like, no, I know for sure that I don't want people to see this website with this very young looking woman and then they see me on a live video and go whoa what happened to Corliss <laughs> so she said but it's the lighting that I use that oh, often we can be like a filler because it, if the lighting is good it can shift how you look right and I was like okay fair enough so she sent me the unedited video or the unedited photos and it was better but that's how I feel like I want to show up all the time. I guess that's my personal brand is is me in the real and raw. Like this is who I am. Not that I don't want to look good and don't want to take care of myself, but it's just I feel like I want to relate in a real and honest way. That would be my personal brand, right? Yes, that is such a good instinct in that you want to translate who you are. And I have to say your picture is beautiful, but you also look like that in real life. So that's, <laughs> there's not a dissonance there, but and also that's a, that's a good problem to have. If you're like, Hey, I think I look better in these photos than I do in real life. I've never had that problem. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good problem. Oh, that's funny. and that's something that people struggle with now as well, especially I feel bad for teenagers coming up in the world now where everyone has social media and people have access to not only Photoshop and, and editing apps, but it's all on our phones now. And, and people growing up are being presented this view of a very unrealistic world and these unattainable standards. So I think all that we can do to put out real content of ourselves is so important. And that's, that's a value of mine. I think, um, uh, that there's a movement toward it. I see a lot of influencers taking a picture and posting it now and saying this, these are my wrinkles. These are my roles and, and trying not to, to portray themselves as someone unattainable and someone not real. And I hope we keep doing that because that's such a, yeah, social media is a wonderful thing and such a good thing for communication, but it can have a really negative impact if I, I think of young women and men in particular coming up in the world, seeing only perfection, and that will just breed a whole lot of self-image issues. Mm, 
I couldn't agree more. That's actually huge. And I, I'll be just really honest with this right now that as a coach, so I had this expectation, my personal brand as a coach is that people come to me and I help them, right? So somehow I had a block there with my own brand, both in myself personally and in my company, that somehow I couldn't be real if I was having problems myself because I'm a coach. People are supposed to come to me and I'm supposed to be able to help them with theirs. And what ended up clearing me out of that and honestly almost setting me free was I made a commitment to do 21 days of video consistent and I made myself accountable because I wanted to get much better at presenting on live video. So I decided 21 days to create a good habit. I'm going to show up 21 days in a row. I'm just going to talk and, and really practice and hone this skill. And I showed up live every day. I told my audience I was going to show up live every day. So I was accountable to do it. And then I ended up having this major life event happen on day seven where, you know, my entire business was restructured. Um, all of my security was gone. It was a super difficult period of time for me. And I had to do these videos. <laughs> so I showed up as I promised that I would, and I showed up and I cried, like not intentionally, I was able to hold it back. I'm really quite proud of myself for being able to pull it together, but it was just absolutely real and raw because I was right in the heart of one of the biggest challenges of my life. And that was when I started getting flooded with messages of, I like knowing that you go through that as well. <laughs> and that helped people. And then somehow it gave me permission to just say, you know, my personal brand is to be a real, honest, genuine person. I know there's things that I can help people with. And as a coach, I will always bring that and I have skills and experiences that will help people, but I'm still a human being underneath it. And if I'm having a challenge, it's okay. It's just because we're all going to have them, but I've just learned to bounce back from them a little bit faster and I'm okay with that. It doesn't make me a bad coach. I think that's amazing. And you're exactly right because we all have those challenges and no matter if we don't post them on social media, people know we're still having them. It's how we rebound from them and deal with them. And you that probably showing that vulnerability likely resonated with the crowd of, of people that you want to attract to your business because they think, okay, I can relate to her. She's having, she's going through some of the same stuff I am. Um, there's like, uh, Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability and using it in leadership. And of course you don't want to go to the point where, where every morning you're showing up in tears because then someone might be like hmm is some is everything okay there but uh if, if you're having major life events and you don't have emotion that would be that would be even more bizarre so i yeah i think that was brave of you to do that and to continue to do that and i think it's awesome that you gave your your audience the ability to hold you accountable by saying i'm doing this for 21 days and i'm going to show up in each time and that's another a Sheryl sandberg quote comes to mind is like done is better than perfect. There, mm. We're never going to be think, okay, I've got 45 social posts scheduled to go out over the course of the next six months. And this is, this is great, but um, just get it done. And the 80% is sometimes just as good as a hundred percent. You don't have to go all the way. People want to see the real you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And I like what you're saying to it. I think sometimes that can go the other way with the trust factor where, you know, a personal brand or a person might be trying to um, be so relatable that they almost fake it. It's like literally just be real. 
Totally. Because like we talked about some of the influencers and sometimes I think, okay, it's gone the opposite direction where every post is about um, how this is the true me and whatever. And that feels inauthentic too. Mm-hmm. So just, I think if you actually portray how you're feeling sometimes and let some of that emotion come through and then do your work in spite of it or through it and using that emotion as power. Mm, so good. So good. I like it. Yeah. I, I, there's actually someone I had bought his training course and throughout the course, he kept telling us how much he cared. And I was like, Hey, if you tell me one more time that you care, I'm just going to think you don't. So just, just stop, like, just stop really. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Cause you're like, I don't know. Do you, that, that seems a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's not genuine anymore. Has life been getting you down? With all the uncertainty of the times, I think it's easy to lose sight of your personal power and I wanted to create something to support you. My digital course is coming soon. It's called Powerless to Empowered, how to take back your life in any situation and I would love to get it into your hands. This is a unique personal development program you can work at your own pace in the comfort of your own home. You can change your life through your thoughts, decisions, and actions, and this program will provide you the training, tools, and inspiration to do that. Get on the list now for release day by texting the word EMPOWERED to 306-961-3379. That number again, 306-961-3379. We will make sure you're notified first when it's ready and give you a $100 discount code for being the first to take action. All right. So help people with telling their story. So we have all have a personal brand, follows us wherever we go, which is our story. And that really shows up in social media. So can you go into how do you uncover the personal brand? And then like, how do you tell this story of your brand? Absolutely. So uncovering the personal brand, I think kind of goes back to some of those questions we were talking about. Um, How do, where do you excel in work? What do you want to do? I think setting goals is a good idea. So who do you want these posts to resonate with. Um, so considering your audience, your motivations, your why, and then what I think determining a brand voice for yourself is also important. You want to sound consistent. So you're going to have different tones because you're going to feel differently day to day, but your voice should be consistent. And that's usually easier for a personal brand than a company because your voice is your own voice. So unless you've taken too much um, effort to cover up or become someone different, then that's pretty easy to do. How do you actually talk? Uh, Because you wanna relate to the crowd you're talking to, talk like them. You want your voice to be unique, different from other people, different from who might be considered your competitors if you have any as a personal brand, but definitely if you have your competitors in a major like a business brand, you want your voice to be authentic. You want it to be appropriate, reflect who your audience is and how they want to be spoken to. And then easy enough, you want your voice to be readable. When you're posting on, on social media, anyone should be able to read and understand. You don't want to fill it too much with jargon. Um, you don't want to get too much slang, too colloquial, unless that's your target audience. But rarely is that the case. Okay. So clarify voice. What do you mean by voice? Right. Your brand voice. So when we talk about this for a company, it's the way it's really just the way you talk to customers. 
it comes down to a few key components, but it's, it's how you talk to customers. And that's the same thing with your personal brand, how you connect, what's your voice. And I mean that very literally as in what I'm using right now as a, a voice tool, a vocal tool, but then your voice in how it's communicated in copy and the written word. Um, a lot of people have some dissonance there where I don't know if you have any friends you text with and, and they don't throw an exclamation mark in a text. So you think maybe are, are they angry or something like that? So you want to, you want people to, their emotion to come through in the copy. Um, I'm a strong believer that everyone should be a writer at some level because we are communicating through written word all the time. And that's a skill very important and worth honing and worth practicing. You don't have to be amazing at it. And we all have spell check. We all have grammar tools. Um, just take a minute to look at that stuff, but take some time to learn how to portray yourself in, in the written word. Mm, I like that because that shows up in posts as well. Matter of fact, I, <laughs> another true story. He might not like that I share this, but my boyfriend learned how to use voice on text and I, like, I was like, is he mad at me? <laughs> because it, the way he writes usually sounded different than the way he speaks. Like when he'd send me text, it was like, you know, personable. And then he translated to using it on voice. And I was like, hey, what's going on? Because it actually showed up differently in how I, how it, it sent to me and how I read it felt different. Is that what you mean by voice? Exactly. That is such a good example. Because a lot of times when people do learn voice to talk, they won't say, um, hi, Corliss, comma, on my way over for dinner, exclamation mark. They'll just say, on my way over for dinner. And it sounds very abrupt. They're probably not even a period. It's, it's um, so take a minute, especially with who you're corresponding with. If you're corresponding with your close friends and family, they might know you well enough to know that you're not going to put a question mark at the end of a question every time or, or something like that. But it's, it's important. And we're always communicating with clients on email. People are seeing our posts. Take a minute and make sure that it's coming across in the right tone. Because a lot of times people think you're angry is the most common one that people will think um, a friend's angry with them because there wasn't an exclamation mark because they only replied the single letter K or something like that. So there's a lot of etiquette in the way that we do fast written communication, like texting and social media. Um, so yeah, I'd say just important to, to think about how you're being perceived on the other end. Oh, you, you have really nailed it here because honestly, I was on the receiving end of that. When he started doing that, I was like, I felt something different and it kind of went on for a week because I hadn't seen him. And, and then finally I said like, like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> honestly, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, well, look at your text messages, like the way you answered. And he's like, oh, I'm using voice to text. And honestly, it changed everything. So a real key note for the audience, if there's many men listening, <laughs> Just kidding. But really, I think that there is something to be said for your voice and how you're communicating it. So if you want to come across as personable and friendly and, um, you know, positive and upbeat, like make sure and check how, how it's being received. I think that's a really big part of that for sure. Now, what would people post about? So I think a lot of times when people are going to share, they're just like, oh yeah, well, my life's not that exciting. Like how much do I really have to share and post about? If somebody's defined their personal brand based on what you've shared here, what would they post about? Good question. And that's by and away, one of the most common questions we get even for businesses. Like, okay, I've got 
I've got Instagram, but what do I put on it? Um, and one of my top things is think about what you want to be known for. Your brand is more about is more about more than who you are. It's a roadmap about where you want to go. So think of who you want it to resonate with and what do you want them to know? If you are looking for um, graphic design clients, you don't want to be posting only family photos. If you're looking to build a network of, of writers, you don't want to be really careless with how you, how you write your posts. So assess your strengths and weaknesses and then try to use some vision. Where do you want to be in three, five, 10 years? And the, and the things that you wanted to be known for, that can help you determine the steps you need to take to get there. So if I want to be known as a speaker in marketing, then I want to share that I've done this podcast. And I want to share that I've done a webinar. And I want my network to know that about me because a lot of our opportunities come out of the network we already have. You know, a lot of people don't um, hire people based only on a resume. They say that Corliss said so-and-so was good at this. So I'm going to give them at least an interview. Um, and then also think about what value can you provide your audience? What are they looking for? So instead of thinking, what can I post? Think, what would my audience be interested in? And that sometimes will give us a lot of ideas. Your audience might be people like you. So think, what do I like? I like seeing um, how to's. I like seeing educational content to make me better at my job. I like seeing for some people that might be recipes or a Photoshop tutorial or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. I like heart stories and I think that's probably why I like to share heart stories. Like just yesterday I shared a story about our puppy coming home and it was just this you know beautiful magical story of or should I tell you? Do you want to hear the story? I would love to hear this story. <laughs> okay. So I d didn't like animals. My kids always knew no pets. Like this is just not going to happen in our world. <laughs> and and um, there was, it was four years ago yesterday. That's why I posted about it because it happened to come up in my Facebook memories. And my son's teacher had contacted me and said, like, I, I'd like a parent-teacher interview with you. Like your son's having some behavior issues. And it was so strange because we'd never had behavior issues ever. So I was like, oh my goodness. So we went there, we saw the teacher. And what we really realized was that his sister, his second sister had left home. So I have two daughters. So my first daughter had left home. That was okay. Transition wasn't too hard because my other daughter was there. But what had happened was my second daughter left home this in September to go to school. And this was like the third week of October. And we had already had like nine weeks of like dead silence around our house, just me and my son, no friends coming around, no sisters. And he was finding it really hard. So he was starting to have behavior stuff and the teacher called to talk to me about it. So I went to the school, we had this meeting, he was crying and he's like, I'm sorry, mom. And I said, you know, it's okay. Like you're going through a lot. This is a big change. So I, to cheer him up, I said, you know, let's go to Petland and pet the puppies. Cause that was always what we did. So we go to Petland and we're in the store and like this fresh litter of puppies had come in and they had this little spot where you could go to the side and, you know, play with the animal. So this little tiny puppy, it was only two pounds and it crawled into his coat and was curled up next to his heart. And I'm standing there watching him, oh, that's sweet, you know, and the employee comes over and she's like, 
you know, it looks like that puppy chose you. And my son looks up very matter-of-factly and says, yeah, my mom doesn't like animals and she can't take care of a pet. We're not getting a dog. Like he starts telling her very matter-of-factly and I felt a need to kind of defend myself. And I was like, well, come on. It's not really that, you know, we're busy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I said, well, I like this dog. I'm going to buy you this dog. And he put his head down towards the puppy that was still curled up on his chest and he didn't look up for a long time and we're both standing there like waiting for him to look and I said hey bud like aren't you gonna say anything and he lifted his head and he was crying there was tears streaming down his face and it was this beautiful moment the employee was tearing I was choking back tears and then I was like, oh my goodness, I wonder how much this dog is. So I, I said, how much is this dog anyway? And I will not disclose how much that dog cost me that day, but I am telling you that dog was expensive. We had no hot holiday that year. And Charlie has grown into such a huge part of our family. Like, I didn't even know we had a hole to fill, and we did. And he has become such a companion for me and has brought so much love and joy to our family. So yesterday I shared the heart story about that and about how sometimes, you know, there's this intuition that's speaking to us and we should listen to it. And that's exactly what happened to me that day in that store. And I'm so glad that I listened because he's just brought us so much love and joy. And I shared that story. And that's really part of my personal brand is I think it's because my story is, is first of all, that is the story. And secondly, I like those kind of stories that inspire the heart. Does that connect to personal brand? Yes, absolutely. And I love that story. You have my eyes welling up with tears when, you're, when your sons were too. That is an, another amazing example, sharing content that really matters to you. And there you were also being a little bit vulnerable in sharing something so meaningful and so emotional that was a, an intimate piece of your family. And I would guess, and I, I don't know for sure, but I would bet that there was a lot of engagement on that post. Is that right? Were people like happy to hear and, and giving comments and... Oh, totally. They were even posting pictures of their pets and how they had a similar story. And really, it's nothing to do with my company. It's really me as a person and that this is, you know, a real life situation that happened for our family and it, you know, turned out to be this beautiful experience. And I love sharing that stuff. So that tends to be a lot of what I share. And perhaps that'll help the audience with thinking about, you might think it's like a small and insignificant thing that you, that's going on on in your life but those are the things to share when you've identified you know what you stand for and what your story is right that is yes and if you can ever make people feel something and feel a similar emotion to what you went through then you've achieved the highest part of of marketing and branding and and i think with that story and stories like that that's exactly what you do that's a really great example Mm -hmm. So what if somebody feels like they're not that interesting and their stories aren't that great? Like, honestly, there's a lot of people who feel that way. And I would think first think about a, that's not true for almost everyone. People want to hear your story. I know I have friends who say, oh, I don't have anything to post, but when they post, I'm excited to see what they're sharing. Those are the stories that I want to see the most. Um, if you feel like you have nothing to share, start thinking about what would what would your audience want to see and then also think about um have you ever heard of imposter syndrome yes goodness yes and if they if the audience hasn't explained what imposter syndrome is 
Yeah. So it's more common in women, but basically it's the idea of thinking, I don't have, I'm not qualified to do what I'm doing. I'm not interesting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So it's, it's feeling like I'm about to be found out because now I'm, I'm doing this marketing speak, speech and I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Well, in general, that's not true. So it's more about working on your confidence and your self-image. Um, and you do have things to share. You have stories that matter to people who, carry, who care about you. I had something mm-hmm. else to take that, but now I forget. Did, what was the second part of that question, Coralis, if you remember? Well, this, okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm not even going to edit that out. I love it. See, because honestly, imperfect is okay sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't need to give the appearance of perfection. Um, I, I think that was another thing is just, just do it. Just try. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, the less of a barrier it feels like. And don't worry about response necessarily. Like if you're posting on your personal page, it doesn't matter how many likes you get or anything who is engaging with it and do they get something from it? Mm-hmm. That's so good because I think a lot of times we measure how good our stuff would be to post on social media. And I actually think that sometimes that's why people don't post is because they're so worried about what if people don't like it? What if there isn't like, what if people don't even respond to it? And I've made myself, you know, vulnerable enough to share something that's personal to me, important to me. I share it and nobody even comments or says anything on it. And I think that's a hard thing. Like I, I do think it's a very real fear. So people just pull away from it. You know, how do people overcome that? Absolutely. Well, sometimes I like to think what's the worst case scenario and worst cases, I put something that's so meaningful to me and so important to me and nothing happens. No one reacts. Nothing. There's no negative consequence to come of that. I know it's harder, easier said than done. And of course, you're, you're going to be feeling differently about it. And also think Facebook or Instagram's algorithm, people might not have even seen it. And the people who built those social platforms, I obviously they didn't have humanity's best interest in mind. They want to keep people on Facebook five minutes longer, four minutes longer. They want to get them to log in every day. They're not thinking about you as a person. So you have to think about you as a person and what actually makes you feel good and try to be satisfied. Um, all of us like extrinsic extrinsic validation, but we have to be satisfied for other reasons internally. And no amount of likes can make us do that. And achieving any of that won't make you feel better either. If you have a post that gets 500 likes or one that gets three likes, but you felt something when you wrote the one that gives three likes, I would say that one is more important and more successful for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I actually think that because I went through this in building my social media following and, and because I am a person who came from a place of not having a lot of self-worth and I was always seeking validation. I was really looking for people to like and, and, uh, uh, to respond and stuff to my posts because I needed that for validation to feel like what I was sharing was valuable. And how I kind of reframed that for myself was I want to add value. What is the purpose of this post for me? The purpose of this post is to warm the heart, just as an example of my son uh, and the story of getting our puppy kind of thing. The purpose of that is just to warm the heart. Whose hearts it warms, that's not on me. 
I, I, I know the intention that I have behind it. So I share that story. It did get a lot of engagement and I got a lot of people sharing and responding and stuff to it, but it wasn't because I was seeking that. It was because the purpose behind it was different. And that's how I kind of reframed it for myself when I go to share things and I don't really look for who, you know, who responds or who doesn't. The other thing too, is that you do have to learn what your audience likes, I think, organically. Like what do they respond to? So when you, you know, post something that's much more factual and they respond to it, then you know what? That's what your audience likes. If they, if you put something that's more heart share and they respond more to that, well, then perhaps that's more what your audience likes, right? Is that a good way to gauge it? Yeah, absolutely. You might want to look at your metrics and see what time of day people are engaging, you, especially less so for your very personal brand. But if you're thinking about LinkedIn posts and trying to be seen by recruiters and noticed by people, you want to see what kind of content your network is looking for. What are they getting value for? What are they actually sharing? And then how can you present something that will bring value to that crowd? Okay, so is there a, per, a consistency that should happen on all platforms because the story of you is the same or can it change? Because I find that what I want to post on LinkedIn, I maybe don't want to be quite as personal about as I do perhaps on my Facebook page. So can you just talk a little bit that, about that with the different platforms? Totally. I think you should have a different goal or mission statement if call it something similar to that for each platform. Um, Facebook might be a place where you are sharing more personal stuff, but who you're connected to on LinkedIn, um, like on my LinkedIn, I'm connected to a lot of clients and people I've worked with and it's, it's very much a professional network and that's how it's built. And that's how, that's how I've been using it. And so I think that crowd doesn't necessarily want to hear, um, Hart's birth story, but my crowd on Facebook is very interested in that content. So think of who's on each platform and the goal. Always think of a goal. Why, um, what value are people getting from this post? And you think of your network on Instagram is very different than LinkedIn, than Facebook and what they're looking for. People go on LinkedIn because they want to get better at their job. They want to find another job. They want to get professional resources. People go on Facebook to maybe connect with people more, to buy things, to whatever reason, but think of how you use each platform and that should help you navigate what's better to post on each. Mm -hmm. Okay, good stuff. I could talk to you all day, actually probably all week about this, this topic. Like, honestly, I'm so passionate about this and I'm really engaged with learning about this myself. So thank you for all of the things that you gave us today. And I still have three closing questions, but before I ask them, I wanted to ask you to help the audience with like their story. So is that the, the who you are, or sorry, who you are values and how you share it? Or is there anything? So if you were to say to a client today, you know, write your personal story, is that the three things that they would ask themselves? That's a good question. I think that it can be a bit different for everyone. So as a writer, and I used to do a lot of, um, and I still do a lot of website content, but I'll ask people a pile of questions. I think start with what makes you tick? What, what is your purpose? If you could do anything, what would it be? Um, and then how are you doing that? If you can think of telling your, your story in a really concise way, even if you go to the greater story of a, of a business brand, the what, how, why, that's a good place to start too. What do you do? How do you do it? And why do you do it? 
usually people will find that there's something that feels really important to them, that they really want to share with the world, that they have this burning desire to get out there. And that's what it should be centered around. I'd say then test your story. Think of like an elevator pitch and have some, a way to, as you begin to conceptualize your personal brand, spend some time crafting that elevator pitch, which would be like 30 to 60 second story about who you are. And then when you go to a networking event or a party, um, try that a few times and see what feels right to say about yourself. See what feels, gauge people's reaction. Are they understanding it? Is your, are your values coming through? And then keep your pitch, I, I even call it a pitch, your story brief by focusing on the few key things you want to, you want to emphasize. Um, this might mean like, are you looking for a new position? Uh, do you want, are you going to emphasize some of your strengths? What do you do really well? Um, and have you recently left a company? Have you recently had a baby? What are some of the things that are important to you right now? And then keep iterating on it. Your story changes over the years. You might be the first guest I've had that I want to invite back again, and we can walk the audience through exactly how to create that story. <laughs> so exciting. Great practice for me. <laughs> I, I love it. That's so good. And your personal brand can change, right? Because as people, we're evolving constantly. We're shifting. We're changing what matters to us. Shifts our experiences show up differently. Um, that can change over time. Absolutely. Like as with corporate brands, you're, and with personal brands, it will change as your career grows, as you grow, you'll be looking for different things. Um, so the best strategy is just choose a particular area you want to focus on right now and then let it evolve. So um, five years ago, 10 years ago, I might've been looking for an entry level position. Now that's, I'm looking at a different level. If I was looking at jobs or if I'm talking to people, I want to build a different network of clients than I did before. And, and I think that will always change. Am I doing something more creative? Am I looking to help someone write a book or am I looking to get a new client and, and think about it in that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good because I think sometimes we feel like we lock into something and that's what we have to do. And that's where people end up kind of going through the motions and not really loving it anymore. And I think it's a constant evolution of who we are and to be brave enough to keep following our passions and using our experiences and kind of leveling up. And that's why I think the brand can change as well. You have given us so much value today. I'm super excited about this conversation. And I think there's a lot of really tangible, practical things that people can do. And I think we've also given every person in this audience something to think about with who they are like what their brand is and what they represent so thank you for that if people want to connect with you how can they reach out thank you so much for having me um people can reach out my name is nikia behill on linkedin n-y-k-e-a-b-e-h-i-e-l and that's been a, <laughs> a struggle my whole life but i'm on linkedin um facebook you can also email um, me via rock and bloom. So our agency is rockandbloom.com. Um, all the contact info is on there. Um, my email is nikia at rockandbloom.com. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, now my three closing questions, because this is a real leadership podcast. Now what I call, why I called it, called it a real leadership podcast is because I really believe that each person has the ability to lead and that truly just who we are as a brand, who we are as people, we are leading because we're influencing everyone around us, right? From our families to our communities, to the people that we work with. And that's why this is a real leadership podcast. So one of my closing questions for all of my guests is always, what does leadership mean to you? 
That's a good question. And I think I would have answered it differently a few years ago than I would now. But when I've seen real leaders and, and been under people who I consider mentors or been successful in leading people myself, I think it really comes down to getting people to care about the same thing, to pull together purposefully for the same cause. And just to get everyone emphatically pulling in the same direction. And for me, that means with optimism and energy, doing that and having everyone say, we know the company vision, or we know the vision of whatever goal or whatever we're working together for. And we all believe in it. And we're all pulling in the same direction. Mm. Oh, that's good. I like um, that word purpose is, I mean, purpose for me is a foundation of absolutely everything that I do. So I love that you included purposefully. So it's, that's really authentic leadership for sure. Thank you. Now, if there was a book or a podcast that was a real game changer for you, what would you want to recommend? Is there one that's either currently that you're listening to or reading or one that kind of changed your life earlier? This is such a good question, but it, it um, gave me some anxiety because I think for me, it's the diversity. It's always reading something, listening to something or finding something because different texts resonate with me at different times. Because sometimes I'll go back to something that was so profound for me and then it, it isn't powerful anymore in the same way that it was in a different life context. So it's all about circumstance. But that being said, I always like to have a fiction and a nonfiction book going at the same time. I find... Um, a lot of people don't like fiction, but I find there's, there's so much for me to learn in writing structure and in story structure and just in enjoyment. I just love it that I always want something like that going, how to have a good story like a Margaret Atwood or Miriam Taves, um, a fine balance, Poisonwood Bible. Those are some of my favorite fiction go-tos. And then for nonfiction, um, I'll read anything by Malcolm Gladwell I recently read, well, a couple of years ago, but it still sticks with me, Sapiens by Yuval Harari, The War of Art, The Laws of Human Nature. So those, those like self-improvement books, uh, I'll always reach for. And I find if I could just tuck one tool away from each or take a little bit of learning from each, it's so valuable for me. And then I always like true stories. Um, and then I, I still return to some of the mainstays for podcasts like This American Life, Radio Lab, Armchair Expert. They get brilliant guests. And so I'm not as into the actors, but they get economists and all different people. And then always revisionist history, invisibilia. Yeah. So I'm giving you too much of a list, but those are some of my favorites. <laughs> I like she's I said one and she's like but it's diversity and then she needed to share I love it that's good and actually it reminds me of I always read self-help books like I was just like self-help book junkie like that's what I would read and then I was introduced to this book um the shopaholic series like the confessions confessions of a shopaholic and honest to goodness that was the first book that I had ever read that was just for fun and I couldn't put it down and I laughed out loud because I could see myself in her story so much and I just loved it and it was such a nice change so I like that you're offering that up as an idea that you know it's you don't have to just be focused on one thing so good job now I would expect that this would be the question that would cause my guest anxiety if any although I hope not because I'm going to ask you to just think about your entire life like in the broad picture of all the highs and all the lows everything that's ever happened in your life if you could leave behind just one piece of advice what would you want to leave you're right this does also induce some anxiety but one <laughs> um and it's that your creativity is not an indulgence it's 
what you're meant to do and it's a necessity. So make that time for yourself to be creative and to seek out your purpose and to work for that stuff. And it's not like be a model and not a martyr. If you have, for me now having somewhat recently entered motherhood, it's important for me to say to my husband tonight, I'm not around. I'm, I'm in the house, but I'm working, I'm writing, I'm doing something that's really important to me. And it's important I not be interrupted with that. And it feels guilty. I have guilt over doing that, but I also think it's how I relate to the world and it makes me a better mom in the long run as well. Agreed. She's just given you extra value there. What a great bonus. Thank you very much for joining me. I have enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure the audience has as well. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. See you soon, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.